welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jen Lemmy. I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jen. Chad, we have on the show today the Bo Jackson of coaches. And we've had some coaches before, Chad, that had two jobs within the university. You know, like maybe they were the compliance officer and the tennis coach like Eric Shorts. Um, but this guy, Neil Young, um, he used to be the men's basketball head coach as well as the golf head coach at Covenant. And we've had several Covenant coaches come back um, on the podcast. And, and it's just been so cool to see um, how this guy made it work with two full-time sports um, and being the head coach of both of them. Yeah, and uh, I'm happy for him since we recorded this episode that he was able to uh, land the head coaching job at Ohio Northern. And, just for uh, basketball. Yes, yes, just focus on one thing. And so I'm sure he's thankful yeah. for that to just zone into his passion, his love. And it's cool in this interview, you get to hear a little bit about his story and his dream um, and, and his athletic playing career, which he, he kind of joked about a little bit. And um, and just his passion to be a, a head coach at the collegiate level. And uh, and boom, he chased it and, and God blessed it. And now he's doing it. So um, a lot of a lot of really cool nuggets. This is the kind of the interview as I was listening, I was like, man, I would love to be friends with Coach Young. Like, I would just love to get get breakfast with him and hang out for an hour and just seem like a, a really fun guy, loves the Lord. And uh, and he's got some nuggets in here that, that our coach is going to really love. And he asked one good question um, to be watching out for as, as far as being a Christian coach. Um, but, Gian, I'm, uh, I'm so excited to share this episode with our, our listeners. And let's get into this one right now. Coach Neil Young, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. It's an honor. We've talked before we start recording, and we have a few of your friends previously on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so you know the next question. What does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Yeah, I love that you start the podcast out that way because I just think like different people say things different ways, and you just never know how something's going to resonate with somebody. So I love that you do that. Um, but before I answer, I just want to say thanks for having me on. It's exciting. To, to be on and have a conversation with you. I've, I've listened to a few of the podcasts um, and I just I, I just believe in how God can use stuff like this. And it's cool because once you do a podcast, like it's out there and you know, you people can listen to it years later and you just never know like what can happen. So thanks for having me on. Um, but yeah, to answer that question, I knew you were going to ask it and I was thinking about it. I was really trying to think about, man, what do I really think it means? And I think when I boil it down to the simplest form, I would just say that it's, it means it's it's not about me. And and it's it's which sounds simple, but man, it's just so hard. It's so hard to not make it about you. I think in any form of leadership or just as a human being, um, but it's not about me. It's about God and it's about what he wants to do with me. And it's about how he wants to use uh, whatever he's given me and to build his kingdom and not my own kingdom. And it, you know, it's, that's the daily struggle I think is, you know, who's kill whose kingdom am I trying to build? Am I trying to build mine or am I trying to build his? But to me, being a Christian coach means that I'm really trying to build his kingdom as opposed to mine. Um, and, you know, if there's, it's not my favorite passage in the Bible, but it may be the one that I identify with the most. It's the, passage in Romans 7 I think it is where Paul's talking about like I, I do what I don't want to do I don't want to do what I want to do 
and like I, when I talk to coaches all the time, it's like, man, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yep. It really is hard. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I would say it means is just to try to not make it. about me. Yeah. I think we, we all resonate with that one. It's just mm-hmm. incredible, you know, and then seeing somebody who, who was there around the time of Jesus still struggling with the same things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it like, it gives me such comfort to read those words sometime when it's like, man, like, okay. Like it, Paul's saying it like, so, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Guess, if Paul you know, is struggling with this, I think it's okay. Yeah, if he's struggling struggle with it, then I guess, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let, let's go back uh, now. Lots of years. Um, how, how did you get involved with sports? Um, mm-hmm. and, and then how did you come into a relationship with Christ? Yeah. So I got involved in sports through my dad. So my dad was a great athlete. Um, my dad played four sports in high school, was good at all of them, and then played a college sport that was different than any of the sports he played in high school. So he played football, <laughs> basketball, track, uh, uh, played something else. I can't remember what yeah. it is off the top of my head. Um, but then he played volleyball in college. And so my dad was just like, I mean, he's just like a, you know, six <laughs> two strong athlete um just a stud and so like he got me into sports from an early age because it was something that he loved and it was passionate that I developed and you know I grew up in Indiana so basketball country um so love basketball obviously but but did everything and it was honestly like that was a great way that I connected with my dad it was how I made friends it was just you know playing sports when you're little yeah I mean it's just it was so much fun and my dad was like he was like the best youth coach he just like understood the bigger picture and he was really good with the kids and he was super positive and encouraging. And it was never about winning. It was always about just like learning and fundamentals. And so it was just, I just fell in love with sports and then, you know, grew up going to ball state basketball games. Hmm. Um, And so I wasn't, I'm like one of the few guys from Indiana. Like I'm not an IU fan. I'm not a Purdue fan. I'm not a Butler fan. I was a ball state Cardinals basketball fan. That, That was my team. Um, and I went to all their games and those guys were like superheroes to me and kind of fell in love with the environment of college sports, uh, doing that. Um, and then it just kind of took off from there. Um, but as far as, um, how I came to, to be a Christian, um, I would say as much as my dad influenced me on kind of that side and, and really nurtured that passion of sports and activity, it was my mom and my grandmother that influenced me. Uh, from a faith standpoint, I mean, my grandmother and my grandfather, but my grandmother like ran vacation Bible school. You know what I mean? Like she was like that lady and my mom, obviously being her, you know, it was my mom's mom. And, you know, my mom ended up praying with me when I was really young. I asked her to pray with me so I could ask Jesus into my yeah. heart from an early age. Um, I don't remember that necessarily, but I do remember just my mom constantly, you know, like most moms with high school kids, as I got to high school, kind of drifted, um, cared way more about being cool than about following Jesus. And for whatever reason in my mind at that point, following Jesus wasn't cool. Um, which now I think it is cool. And so I'm (laughs) thankful for that, but like my mom just, just never let me forget. And we, we, you know, we're always in church. And even though I wasn't necessarily practicing those things, I mean, it, it was just, I was constantly being poured into constant, constant, constant. And then, you know, when I did, when I went off to college, there was kind of that moment where it was like, okay, it's mom's not going to come to my, I mean, at least I hope not. She's not going to come to my dorm and knock on the door. It's going to be a deal where I got to decide, like, 
am I serious about my faith? Yeah. Um, and so when I got to college, it kind of, and where'd you, really, where'd you go to college? I started off going to ball state. Okay. Um, for how, a year how was that? It. How was that just going to your dream school? It was great. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Made some great friends. It was the first time that I ever had a group of Christian friends. Um, and so that was like incredibly transformational for me. Um, just seeing older guys that I looked up to that were upperclassmen in college. I was affiliated with uh, athletes in action ministry there as well as campus crusade. I like to say that I was a women's basketball player at Boston state because I was one of those guys who practiced with the women's team, uh, scout player. So I, which was a lot of fun, but just got to be surrounded by older Christian men that I looked up to. And I was like, man, so like, that's what it looks like. Um, that's what it looks like to like really live it out. And I was like, man, like I, I want that. Um, and so it was a really, it was a, a significant time in my, it was a big year. And over the course of that year, God had, I had had this, this calling to be a coach since I was little. I mean, you know, elementary school, I always like, I want to be a college basketball coach, but I kind of lost my way a little bit later years of high school, but then really came back strong that freshman year of college. And God was like, no, this is, this is what I've got for you. And this isn't the place, even though I loved it at Ball State, I really did. And so I ended up transferring to Anderson University where I played, um, played, you know, I was on the team, um, <laughs> but that's where I really, you know, God did a lot of stuff um, and really, really just renewed my passion for, for getting into coaching. After I was, well, was there a single moment there at Ball State? Because Ball State, not a, not a Christian school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was there, was there, school. yeah, was there was there a moment there at Ball State that that clicked back and is like, hey, this I need to start going back to to my roots and remember what my grandma was teaching me? So I know like there was I think it was the first Sunday that I was there. I remember waking up and I'm, I, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was the first Sunday. I woke up and it was like, oh, it's 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 Sunday. If I want to go to church. I have to get out of, like, I have to go to church. Like, it's kind of like all like on me, you know what I mean? To decide whether I want to take this thing seriously or not. And thankfully I had a great roommate who's still a friend. um, And we were both committed. We both just kind of made that commitment. Like, yeah, like this is, we want to, we want to be Christians. Like that's what we want. We want to live it out. And and it led to some really cool things that freshman year. Um, you know, we were, we were certainly in the minority on our floor, but still like yeah. built um, unbelievable relationships with guys and, you know, guys we're still close with and it led us to really cool conversations at times that, that we're here. That's really cool. And then you transfer to Anderson, you finish your college career and then mm-hmm. what, what's next after that? Yeah. So I got married, um, right after I graduated. Did you My meet her at Ball State yeah. or Anderson? Mm-hmm. Anderson, met her at Anderson. He was like an all American runner at Anderson and I'm like a bench warming basketball player. Um, but I, I, I joked that like, that's kind of when I knew I could, I could coach in college because it proved that I could recruit a little bit, um, but was fortunate. So we got married um, the summer after I graduated, she had graduated the year before. Mm. Um, and then I was just trying to get a job. I, I did not have a plan B. Um, I was an education major, but I knew I didn't want to go the high school route. Not that, there's anything I, I was above it or there's anything against the high school route. I just knew that I was called 
to coach the college age. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a, not level. It was more yeah. that age, age. of young yeah. man that I was really drawn to. Um, and just, I mean, honestly, just sent out a ton of emails, made a ton of phone calls. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't really have like coaching mentors per se in terms of like from the career side. Obviously, sure. my high school coach was really influential in terms of helping me develop a coaching style and philosophy. But I didn't know how to get a coaching job. I had no idea. So I just reached out to everybody I could think of. Um, and I, I got I heard back from three people. And I love telling this story because it's a really cool story. So I heard back from uh, the head coach at Goshen College, where I ended up working, the head coach at Defiance College, which is a D3 school. Goshen was NAI school. And then Matt Painter at the University of Purdue. Um, (laughs) And I I emailed hundreds of coaches. I mean, it was absurd. And Matt Painter literally called me at like 11 p.m. one night. And he was just like, hey, I got your voicemail. I just want to call. I don't have anything. But like, just here's some encouragement. Here's some advice. And I just remember thinking like, oh, like, why is Matt Painter calling me back? <laughs> like, that, like, it's just, it just always, I'll never forget that. And he just encouraged me, get, say, hey, this is kind of what maybe some things you should think about, some things you should expect as you're kind of getting started. And that was that. And I just never, I never forgot that. It was just an unbelievably kind gesture. Um, he probably doesn't even remember, but it was, it was really cool, but ended up getting uh, an assistant coaching job at Goshen College. Um, right out of college, I, I was making $4,000 a year. And it, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Um, what did your was, wife think of that? <laughs> yeah, she was teaching. It was honestly like that. That first year was kind of tough because it was the first time that I had really like, it's the first time that I'd really like, really went after something. You know what I mean? Like, one of my big regrets, and this is kind of going off the rails a little bit, but one of my big regrets in life was just kind of floating through life and never really pursuing anything of value other than, you know, in my you know college years, my faith um, some, but like in high school, just kind of never really pursued anything, never really worked hard at anything, just kind of floated. Um, so it's the first, like I was doing something that I really loved and cared about. And so I pursued it and I think I, in a lot of ways, I kind of became like a workaholic and neglected a lot of things that I'd never neglected before, just because I'd never really worked hard at anything yeah. before. Um, and so, you know, she, that first year was, was, it was a great year of marriage, but it was also difficult just in that, like, we had to like deal with that. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't, you know, like every workaholic, like I didn't consider myself <laughs> a workaholic, but you know, we had to work through that. And I'm thankful that she brought that to my attention. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's still, obviously, as you know, it can be a struggle in coaching just because like it's one of those professions where it's, it's less a job and more like a lifestyle that you choose. Sure. Um, but it's, you know, that was, that was a, a wake up call and just that like how quick it can happen. Yeah. So I was really thankful for that. And it, and it goes usually because we really like what we're doing too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good good things can become idols. And I learned <laughs> yeah. that yeah. very quickly um, yeah. when I got into coaching. And then how, how, how'd you end up now at Covenant? Yeah. So I was an assistant at Goshen for three years. Um, then I went to Lewis university right outside Chicago and was a graduate assistant. And then right as I finished being a graduate assistant at Lewis, I was 28 and the, the, my boss at Goshen, the head coach, Gary Chef, who I'd worked for, he got out of coaching and got into administration. So he was a high school athletic director and the AD 
that I was with was still there and we had a really good relationship. And so it was, it was the perfect storm of the A me and the AD were good friends. My former boss had, had done what he could for me and nobody really wanted it. And so I was able to get it. Um, and so it was kind of that perfect storm and was there for four years. And then after my fourth year, um, Tim Sedgill, the AD at Covenant, who's my current AD, uh, reached out and we hit it off and ended up coming down to Covenant. That's cool. That's cool. So most people might not know, but but you are the Bo Jackson of coaches. Like I said before, before we recorded, <laughs> you're a multi-sport coach. Um, and and yeah. so you also coach, you coach the men's basketball team, and then you also coach the golf team. Mm-hmm. How, how does mm-hmm. that happen? So I would push back strongly on the Bo Jackson <laughs> analogy. Um, but I do, I do coach two sports. Yeah. It, it actually was unexpected. It wasn't something I'm not a golfer. Um, I'm, I'm learning and I'm trying to get better because as a college golf coach, like you can't be terrible. You're not allowed to be terrible. Like you don't have to be good, yeah. but you can't be there. Yeah. So I'm trying to get to where I'm not terrible. Um, got my work cut out for me. Did still. you play golf but growing it, up? I, I mean, I, I hacked it around like, okay. you know, but I didn't like play golf. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, it's, it's a steep learning curve, but what I've realized is like, these guys are college athletes, just like my basketball players are. They play a different sport, but so there's so many similarities, but to, especially like in the mental aspect, you know, just the, the obviously in terms of like discipline and just like in, when it comes to discipleship and culture building, it's like, it doesn't really matter what sport you coach. Like these young athletes need to be discipled and they need to be part of a strong culture and the fundamentals of doing those things, I think, cross all sport boundaries. And so it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm learning a lot. It's, I never expected to be a golf coach, but it's like a fun kind of invigorating challenge to take on and really try to learn the culture of a different sport um, and how to relate to those athletes and how to, how to teach and how to try to ultimately set those guys up for success. Yeah. Do you sometimes mix up your recruits and you're calling somebody and you're like, man, I can't wait to watch that approach uh, <laughs> shot. And it's like, what, what approach shot coach? I like dunking. <laughs> There's a 100% chance that will happen at some point. It has not yet, <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's going to happen at some point for sure. I mean, I still like, I've been at, at Covenant now for four years. I'm going into my fifth year. And I still sometimes will say, hey, it's Coach Young from Goshen. Oh. And so, like, yeah, it's just, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, you, you now have this temptation of chasing wins, you know, um, in two sports. Uh, I struggle with it just one sport, but now you have two sports to worry about that. But how, how can coaches really focus on discipleship instead of just, um, chase wins and chase after, you know, earthly prizes. And that's because we have to have to win a, in order to keep yeah. our jobs as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's such a great question because winning is, again, it's one of those things like it's not bad to want to win. It's not bad <laughs> to try to be really good at your sport. It's not bad. Like, those aren't bad things. It, winning I found is just, it's one of those things that it's so it's so like, it just tempts you because it, it, it looks like the, the solution to every problem in your life. Right. So it's not even like as a coach, like when you think of winning, you don't even think about it as just winning. You think about it. And at least I do sometimes as like the solution to everything. Well, if we just won, 
well, I would be a better dad. It's the best you know deodorant. I mean? or like, yeah, it's just like this. It's this thing. But the reality is it's it's not, you know, it's, it's not the solution to everything. But it feels like that sometimes. And it's it's I think that and I don't obviously can't speak for all Christian coaches, but certainly to a lot of the guys I talk to and certainly for myself, like that's the big struggle. Yeah. Right. So it's like I talked earlier about like it's not about me. Well, I think the primary way I make it about me is by chasing wins so that I look like I know what I'm doing and I look like I'm a good coach. And so much of it just comes from insecurity. I think, you know, I think, I think I learned that. I think it was a couple years ago, maybe just like God really showed me just like how insecure I was and how much I was coaching from a place of insecurity trying to prove my worth and value through a win total, um, you know, which looking back, it's like, man, like it's crazy, but it, it just, it happens so easy just because I think culture has gravity. And we talk about this in our team a lot. And what I mean by that is like, if you think about like actual gravity, like it's pulling on us right now, yeah. but we never think about it, yeah. but it's a, it's an, it's, it's maybe, yeah, that's culture. Like it's just always tugging at you and pulling you and you can get caught up in, defining success according to the way the world does and defining your own worth and value according to how the world does it. And it, and that's all it takes is you shift that focus. And for me, at least when my focus shifts from discipling my guys and loving my guys to winning, I literally, I become a different human being and it's quick and it happens quick. Um, yeah. And so how coaches can, can avoid that. And it, it's, it's simple but simple doesn't mean easy. Yeah. I think surrounding yourself with like-minded coaches is a huge thing for me. I mean, you had Jeff Clark on this podcast and yeah. Jeff is like my brother and we talk multiple times a week and I have other coaches that I talk to just the kind of guy that like, they just always bring you back and they can, they can call you out on, Oh, Hey, that doesn't sound, you know, whatever. And Jeff um, has a lot of wins. <laughs> he does. He does have a lot of wins. And it's like, that's a great example too, right? Like yeah. they've won more in college basketball than any program at any <laughs> level in the last decade. And, but it's still like, they still have these yeah. struggles. And so it's like, man, like at some point, I think you got to be willing to learn from other people too. And it's as opposed to like, Oh, well, I'm going to try to get to that level and I'm going to kill myself doing it just to realize what they were trying to tell you all along. Yeah. But so those relationships are key. And then just that, man, it's that, that private time just with you and God in the word, in prayer, it, it's, it's so simple, right? It, it sounds so simple, but it goes back to that Romans seven passage. Like when, when I'm doing that, it's not that like we win all our games or I don't have any problems, but you're just in a different place. Like when, when you're surrendering your day to God every morning and you're getting filled up from his word and your leadership is a result of kind of that overflow and you're not forcing things. You're just, you're kind of operating in your sweet spot in terms of, you know, you're, you're, he's bearing fruit in you and that, and that's manifesting itself for his glory and the good of other people. It's just like, it's just a, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just different. Right. But then it goes back to, well, why don't I do that all the time? (laughs) You know, like, why don't I do that all the time? It's, you know, obviously we're simple, but, it's yeah. just like those, just that time. It's man, when I'm when I'm getting in the word, I'm just a different person. Yeah. Um, I'm just a different person. That's yeah. that's been key for me. 
That's true. That's true. Well, Coach uh, Young, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. This this has been great. Um, love uh, hearing your story and and your journey now to to Covenant. Um, thank you for for sharing it. And um, we like to end. How how can we be praying for you? Yeah, um, I think I'm getting a little older. So I used to be referred to as a young coach. Now I'm just referred to as a coach. Um, and the older I get, the more I realize it's like, what's at stake if I miss it? You know what I mean? And I'm talking, not just coaching, but like being a husband, being a dad, like, you know, I don't just kind of have this desire. It's like, man, I don't want to miss the mark. I want to, I want to be and live and lead the way God has called me to do it. So just, man, just for wisdom in that, and just that I would continue to literally just keep it simple and and stay rooted in his word in that time um, in the morning. And and that would let my leadership be a result of that. Sounds good. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this conversation. Um, Thank you for um, Coach Young and, and, and his leadership a covenant with two sports, the basketball and golf, Lord, uh, Lord, I pray that you, you give him wisdom, Lord, that, that also that he will seek you for wisdom on a, on a daily basis, Lord, so that he may not lean on his own understanding father, but that he'll, he'll trust in you. Um, and, and that he'll put all his focus on you. Um, because we know when we try it ourselves, we fail it, Lord, and we need to just trust in you. Um, Lord, uh, um, help him with, um, transitioning, um, uh, you know, as uh, from a young coach and now just a coach, Lord, uh, that you will, you, you will not miss the point that he'll be able to lead his family, his kids, his wife, um, and his teams well, um, Lord, that you, you, you know people will be impacted by 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 the way he lives his life, um, and that he'll be a great role model to anyone he comes in contact with. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Love love that interview with Coach Neil Young. This was a really, really good one. Um, obviously, I love basketball as well, so it's easy to, to gravitate towards some basketball coaches. Um, but the question that he asked in the middle of it uh, was, whose kingdom am I trying to build? Whose kingdom am I trying to build? Just a really good question to ask ourselves, um, no matter what we're doing, but especially as coaches, because I think there's just this big big element of building building your brand building your own name building your kingdom building your career and uh i thought that was just a really good point by him and and then the other thing gian that that i liked hearing some of the behind the scenes is just how he said he talks almost every week to another coach in the industry and and coach jeff clark who came on episode 29 if you're looking for another uh believer in the basketball world um he came on and, and did a tremendous job sharing with us but um just hearing yeah. that he needs a, a brother in, in the walk to, to you know, hear the struggles and the victories and just walk and grow with. So super cool that they they chat that often. For sure. I think, you know, you and I, Chad, have that kind of relationship too. You know, even though our paths have gone different ways and we're in different industries kind of, you know, right now, um, it's it's always nice to have someone, you know. If you can have one, two, three, that that's great. But if you just have one that one person that every week you can check back in and, and just talk about life and your struggles and your successes. Um, that that really helps. Um, one key note, Chad, the extra question that we asked um, Coach Young was about productivity tips because this guy had two full-time jobs basically, and so he had to have 
some good stuff. And he talked about a, a system from Donald Miller. And we shaped our podcast a little bit after Donald Miller. And I know you use the same uh, resource from Donald Miller to write your book. Um, and so if you want to listen to that extra question, just go to our Patreon um, group, the Christian Coach Community on Patreon, and it will be there, the video version, as well as now almost 30, 40 devotionals as well. And so it's been it's been great to put that out together every every week and been great. And coach, remember, if, even if you only have one job, not two like Coach Young used to have, that the mission field is right where you're at.